Welcome to the Storyform podcast. Storyformed is here to celebrate the soul-forming power of imagination, good books, and beauty in the life of your child. And welcome to the Storyform Podcast. I'm Holly Packiam, and I'm joined today by my friend Jamie Showmaker. Jamie, how are you? I'm doing well, Holly. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's it's been a, a little bit more of a challenging week than normal, just with you know some of the events that are happening nationally, and then just some some challenging things happening in our community. And um, I think you know most of the time I feel. I feel the strength, you know, and grace from the Lord. But this week, I've just felt a bit more, a bit more heavy about some of these things, and just um, spending time daily with our family, praying for different people for under undergoing various really challenging situations, from you know health things in their family to to death. And so we've been processing some of these things with our kids, and some of them, honestly, I just didn't think I would be processing with them at such a young age. Um, I've realized I really, I want to rescue them from these things. I don't want them to, Mm -hmm. to, you know, have to walk through with a, a friend from a class, you know, going through something challenging or, um, and I, I don't remember, you know, having to do that at their age in some of these situations. So, but I know that I know the Lord is with us and and leading us and guiding us. And and then, you know, in the midst of all of that, um, my daughter, she just recently at, wrote her first book, and so so we've got you know some really heavy hard yes. things that we're walking through. But in the same you know period of time, we also have some a really exciting thing happening. And so I guess that's, that's just how life right. is sometimes, isn't it? You have both going on and, and, um, yes. yeah. So that's Absolutely. kind of the tell, I, I saw that she, I saw that she had written a book. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Can you talk about that on the podcast? Sure. Yes. We've like about we, what it's about. Yeah, 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 a little bit. Um, we so we yeah we promoted it on Facebook. So she yeah she wrote this book um, in the summer. And for some of you who are, who are a part of the membership, I did interview her um, on the membership in the summer about the process of writing it. But and so she did finish, and um, it's called Finding the Light. Um, her name's Sophia Packiam, and um, it's about eighty four pages long. So a short fiction, um, historical fiction novel about a little girl named May, and it's a story of her and her family. Family and World War Two, and I won't I won't say too much. Um, there, it is. Um, there is a lot of hope in it, but there is there are a couple sad moments. So my my eight year old was able to read it. It's probably on the the harder end of something he might read, but her friends at twelve were really enjoying it as well. So that's probably the age range for it. But um, um, my eight year old was a little bit sad at some of the words at the end, but, um, Aww. Sophia felt like she accomplished her purpose though. And like, you know, helping him to really feel the depths of the difficulty, but yet also finding hope. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a real neat process to see her do all of that. And she was asking my husband and I for help for quite a while to get it on Amazon. And we kept saying, okay, we're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to that. Because she had it ready to go. It was edited a couple times. and But we just hadn't gotten to it. And so she finally figured it out on her own. And she, so she did it all herself. She just got it on Amazing. there. And so I guess that's, you know, if you, if you give them the space, they'll figure stuff out sometimes. <laughs> they, they will, yes. But, you know, she's just... Uh... 
Um, I just love her. It, it, you know, she's a she's a role model for me and just all that she aspires to in her wisdom. And for those of you that aren't familiar with, with Holly's daughter, Sophia, she talked about interviewing her on the website, I mean, on the membership site, but we she also did a podcast with her. I think it was episode 13, where Sophia talked about some of her favorite chapter books. And so if you go back and listen to that, you can really um, get, a, get a feeling for um, just how um, eloquent and precocious she is and she just has a lot of wisdom for her age and so I'm just so excited about her book I'm so glad she did that so oh thanks Jamie yeah we're, we're really <laughs> excited about it it's been um our community and so many of you have really come around us and supported our family and her in this season so it's been yeah it's been a really exciting exciting time for her so that's been really really I'm fun for her. yes yes <laughs> well, today we are going to um, dig into talking about um, Sarah Clarkson's book, Read for the Heart. And so if you've read that, um, hopefully you'll be excited to to listen in on this conversation about that and um, hear about some of the recommendations you might know of. And if you haven't read it yet, um, hopefully you'll go out and grab it from Amazon. It's, it's on Amazon if you want to to purchase that. So, But basically her book is, she's really inviting us into a reading life and talks a lot about her childhood and about how her parents, Clay and Sally, decided that really one of the primary gifts they wanted to give her and their other children would be a childhood shaped by great stories. So she's not coming from the perspective of being an expert and saying, you know, these are the books every child must read based on research necessarily, but by her own own experience of how stories really touched her heart and gave her a vision um, for life. Um, and so when I when I read that and some of her introductory chapters. I resonate with that so much, and I really want, I'm hoping that I'm going to give that to my children and of uh, making efforts to do so as as my husband and I are raising them. But um, Sarah's really bringing a perspective of her young heart and her mind and her soul, every part of her being shaped by great books. So today, we're going to get into, in a little bit here, um, giving some of her picture book recommendations. So if you're familiar with the book, she breaks the book down into sections um, like historical novels, um, nonfiction, poetry, nature books. Um, I can't remember all of them off the top of my head, but we're going to focus in on the first um, particular section called picture book recommendations. And so... Um, but we're not just wanting to give the recommendations, but really invite you as you're listening and processing this into a reading life, um, really an invitation into a reading life. So that's what we're going to talk about. Yes, I, I cannot state enough how valuable this book has been for me. Um, it, it includes a lot of in, you know, information about the importance of cultivating a reading life in your home. And it, it just really is inspiring on, on um, you know, just her story and and the impact that it had on her and then how to do that and, and kind of emulate what Clay and Sally did in, in our homes. Um, and it's probably been my number one resource for book recommendations for my personally. Um, when I want to know what a good book is, I can go to read for the heart and find a good book. And this was really important, especially before I had the confidence to choose good books for myself. Um, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, how do you know what a good book is? How do mm -hmm. I know if I walk into a bookstore what to choose? And um, honestly, it just came from, from, from that initially started by looking at recommendations like from this book. Um, and so I knew that if it was discussed and read for the heart, it would be a good it would be a good choice. And so um, 
this is an excellent place to start. But before we talk about what to read, let's talk a little bit about why. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, that Sarah says is um, she talks about how um, – that her book, you know, will help you discover how great stories can form the lives of your children and how books can be powerful companions and teachers that will spur your child's hearts and mind to life. And, um, you know, I know when we hear that, sometimes we, we it, of course, these great stories aren't a guarantee of those things in our lives. But I think by putting these, you know, the power of such incredible characters and their journeys, um, that, that these messages have the opportunity to really to stir their hearts and minds and help them to process decisions and help them to process what what kind of life that they want to live. And so I think Sarah really does give this vision for why we read. And she talks about several things. Um, one of them is awakened heart. Another is a strong mind. And, and the third one is a steadfast soul. But um, probably for today, we'll just get into the part of awakening, um, awakening, you mm -hmm. know, our children's hearts. Um, and so when we read, I think when we read these stories with courage and adventure and uh, stories where we can imagine beautiful scenery that God's creation that this gives our children it gives us you know when we're reading him too along with them and our children such a great opportunity to imagine um, that we you know that we might be these things in our own lives with um, as we walk and follow the Lord and as we um, invite the Holy Spirit into our lives and I think we want to present stories to our kids that show them the beauty of the world um, that help them to wonder at his creation and especially when they're little I think this is the this is the time to do that when they're yeah. sponges and they're soaking up all that we're all the feast that we're presenting before them um, Sarah talks so much about how children's hearts need to see at this stage um, what is what is good what is truly good in this life mm-hmm Yes, yes. And I think a, a second and more difficult awakening um, all that's wrong with the world, too. Right. And picture books and other books can allow your children to learn about these things and yet still remain separated from them, in a sense. And um, they kind of allow them to walk through difficulties secondhand, and, and, but they still gain from the experience. Like, they, they still can learn empathy or they can still acquire tools to help them deal with difficulty just by walking through them with the characters of a story. And so I think um, it's a somewhat innocent way to awaken them to the reality of sin and hardship in the world and to prepare them for it. And so I think that's another way that, that picture books can help awaken our children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, as being adults, you know, we understand that our world, and kind of like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, that, you know, whether it's locally in our own communities or nationally or across the world, there there does seem to be a, a crisis, you know, every day. And especially if we're watching the news or hearing things on the radio, it's hard to escape, you know, some of the really... Um, horrible things happening in the world. Um, but I think with our children, we have the opportunity to build a foundation of faith and hope in them. Um, mm -hmm. Like you were saying, Jamie, that will just, that, that will carry them. Um, and I think what, you know, when I think about my childhood, I was shielded from a lot of darkness and a lot of evil in the world. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for that protection. And, you know, as I got older, um, you know, obviously we, you know, we become more and more aware of some of the, the challenging and difficult things, but, um, these, some of the books we're going to talk about I today. Think, the, yeah, go ahead. The, yeah. yeah, no, go ahead. 
Now, I was going to say, I was just thinking about how, you know, talking about how picture books and some of the books, they, they can show them and awaken in them um, the evils in the world and the challenges and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think um, one of the things that it also shows them that, that our children really need to know is that, yes, there is evil, but good does win. Right. You know, and yes. especially mm-hmm. today, and I guess yeah. we haven't we haven't mentioned that as we as we podcast today um, while we're recording this. It's just this past week. There's been another school shooting, and right. you know, because yep. you know that there's just a lot in this world, and it's hard not to look at the evil and just be overwhelmed with it. Um, but uh, like a good picture book is going to show. And we're going to talk about what makes a good picture book, but um, like it, what it's going to show is that in the end good does triumph. And so I think building that into um, their souls and letting them know that truth that um, through these stories, that, that in the end, ultimately, good will prevail over the evil, whether that's, you know, the knight slaying the dragon or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, they learn that that, that that is the ultimate truth, because we as Christians know that that is the ultimate truth. That, right. that good does prevail. And so, and that ultimately um, there is, you know, justice, there is mercy, there is redemption, there is all of that through Jesus Christ. And so, um, you know, we help to kind of prepare them and their, their souls for that truth just through these picture books that we're teaching them, you know. So. Absolutely. Yes. It, it encourages that. Yeah. Yes. It encourages that, that belief and view that we want them to carry in into yeah. adulthood um yeah. that yeah whether things look the way they you know of course thing you know whether things look perfect and and they you know obviously they don't look completely perfect here on this earth now but we know that they will but yeah these these great books are just right. giving them a picture into that um mm-hmm. and i think they wonderful stories can create an inner world just showing them through the characters like you mentioned Jamie what it can look like to you know what does it look like to be noble and be courageous even even when there's evil all around um, and this also doesn't mean that they're not um, seeing the doubt or the struggle in a character it doesn't mean that we're only seeing um, all the good of a character that in these great books they can see both sides sometimes they might see the struggle of a difficult situation but um they can see a path forward into choosing what is good and right as i was processing i was thinking about some of all of this last night and i was listening to um the narnia soundtrack and feeling like Mm -hmm. bravery coming into me (laughs) as listening to the music just of the story of like just some of the Mm -hmm. things that I've been processing and and dealing with so um I I really loved some of Sarah's that's what great books do yes that's right yeah yeah (laughs) soundtracks help too when we're reading them yes 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 absolutely Um, but I was reading some of Sarah's words recently um, and she was talking about, she said, I read for a heart awake. I read to keep my heart aware of joy and ready to choose it, to stay alert to the real miracle of my own world and the story I live within it. And so I really, I just resonated that, resonated with that, with her words um, for my own life. And I think too, as we read scripture and we read other stories to our children, we're setting them on a path when, so that, you know, that, that they can choose, they have opportunity to choose good, even in the midst of darkness, as we're talking about. And as I was thinking too, this, the scripture that comes to, came to my mind is in John um, sixteen thirty three, where it says, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble. Like we know that we'll have trouble, um, right. but take heart. I have overcome the world. Um, yeah. yeah. Yes. Exactly. And yeah. I think, you know, utilizing the right picture book 
um, just it's a great way to show our children what that looks like in action, you know, and, and lived mm-hmm. out. What does that look like? Right. And um, yep. so, yeah. Yes. Is- Yeah. Okay. Well, now we'll jump into some specific recommendations um, from Sarah's book, Read for the Heart. And um, as Jamie had said, I I also have been very familiar with um, with these recommendations. As my, um, I was glad that not too long. I guess it was maybe a few years after my first child was born. Sarah wrote this, and um, it's become one of my very favorite books. It's it's marked up. We have I'll write. I have little initials beside some of the books, like S, like for whichever kid, or um, check marks. Just you know, right. going through and saying who I read these to, and different different pages. Um, dog-eared but um Mm -hmm. I'm and I just I have so many memories of curling up and reading with them and I think as I look back and hopefully as we you know continue to read I'll have those will be some of the memories that stick in my mind um you know as I look back on on raising my kids that just those moments of of reading with them. And my youngest said to me the other day, cause I said to her, honey, one of the, my favorite things to do with you is read. And so whenever she really wants me to get, get to, whenever she really wants me to read with her, she'll kind of throw that in there. Mommy, you said <laughs> one of your favorite things to do with me is read, even though that's not always right. what I can do at that moment. But <laughs> Not while I'm cooking dinner. That's right. Yes. I know. I'm like, exactly. well, yes, <laughs> that's right. Um, but yeah, it's so many of these that I'm thinking of, um, we've read over and over again and even memorized some of them from reading them so many times. Um, so many of our family favorites are the ones from Sarah and from the Clarksons that she writes about in Read for the Heart. Um, so I'm so grateful to Sarah and Sally and Clay, um, and just all, all of the efforts they put into picking out and choosing such great books over the years. Yes. Yes, I missed a lot of these books as I was growing up. And yes. I mean, most of yeah. what they recommend are classic books. They've been around for years and years, and That's I right. never read them. And so yeah. I am so grateful that my children are going to have a completely different experience. And so um, it's just going to be their childhood's going to be so much more rich because, um, you know, Sarah took the time to put this list together, and Clay and Sally took the time to really um, invest in her. And I'm just grateful, like you said. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, a few of the things that Sarah mentions before she really gets into her recommendations is she talks about just a few things that she would consider to be the hallmarks of a classic children's book. Um, so these are some of the things that are going to go into these into her choosing what she recommended. And one of them is artful illustration. So she was looking for books that really reflect God's image, God's created beauty, honoring the human form. And I just really appreciated the way that she said that. Sometimes it's hard to pinpoint exactly what it is that we're looking for um, in illustration. Um, And also, secondly, the simplicity of story, communicating um, the meaning, simple enough for a child to understand, but also having a depth that can lead a child to growing in their ability to comprehend and enlarge their vocabulary. And I think, I mean, even on this note, you know, all the things she mentioned there are things that an adult would enjoy too, you know, a simple story, but also with yeah. depth that, you know, that anyone could read and um, find joy in and grow and learn from. And then also um, another, yeah, absolutely. yeah a- another hallmark is they're having a redemptive ending, which we kind of talked about a little earlier. Um, but for young children, you know, choosing books that don't uh, here again, don't avoid the darkness, but um, dwell on the good and end with with you know sparks mm-hmm. of hope. So, 
Right. Right. You just said that about adults enjoying it. It made me think of that quote by C.S. Lewis, and I'm probably going to butcher it, where he says something like, a children's story that can only be enjoyed by children is not a good children's story in the light, in the slightest, or something like yes, that. Yes, yes. No, I know that It's supposed quote. to be a story that, yes, that as adults, we should enjoy it as well. If it's going to be a good children's book, it's going to be a good book in That's general. right. That's so right. Yeah. If we enjoy it, our children are probably going to, it's probably right. a good book. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And, um, you know, sometimes Sarah recommends books because of the author, and sometimes she recommends it because of the illustrator. And you mentioned, um, you know, what she specified as some of the criteria for choosing a, a good book based on illustrations, but she also mentions um, the Caldecott Medal. And I don't know if our listeners are familiar with the Caldecott Medal or not, but yes. that's something to look for as well. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, if you're not familiar um, with what that is, you, in some picture books, you'll see like a like a metal symbol um, in the corner of the book, and I'm trying to remember if, if it's always the same color, but it says Caldecott. My, my son, my son figured this out. Yeah, it's gold if it was the winner, if it okay. was the, the winner that year, and it's silver if it is um, just a, a nominee. Because, okay. You know, they have certain awards for the year, and then there's a winner, and okay. it's gold if it's the winner, and okay. silver if it's it's just an, an award. Okay. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing my, that. Maybe that was part of my confusion. I was like, well, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure if it is always the same color. <laughs> so. He noticed that. And wow. He went on a mission to figure it out. We pulled all of our books out and looked at them until he discerned what the difference was. Wow. Yes. It's very <laughs> observant of him. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Um, so the Caldecott comes from Randolph Caldecott, who was an illustrator, an artist and illustrator from the golden age of children's literature. And so that age is basically the late 19th and early 20th century. Um, today, many of these books that were written and illustrated, um, sorry, illustrated in that time were, are known as children's classics today. And the, uh, Association for Library Service to Children, which is a division of the American Library Association, awards this medal annually to the artist of the most distinguished American picture book for children. And so um, that's what the Caldecott Medal is. And we want, but, but we also want to say that, you know, we want you to discern what's best for your family. I think most of these are really wonderful, but of course, mm-hmm. you know, just check it out and look into it a little bit, even though it has that has that metal aesthetic on it. Change. Aesthetic, yeah. um, it can be subjective. And over time, I think um, they might change a little bit. So yeah, right. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And so just a little bit about how Sarah lays this out. So she, in her picture book section of Read for the Heart, she recommends um, an author or an illustrator. Um and so she's listing her favorites and then like she might list a particular, say it's an author and a favorite book and tells why. And then she'll also give a few other recommendations. So I think what I've noticed is that often if she finds a favorite author or illustrator, you know, then she'll, you sort of feel like, oh, I found, once I find one great, you know, great book by this particular author or illustrator, you realize you found a whole treasure of works. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know this has been true for me, for sure. And that's something that kind of helped build my confidence as I was learning to pick out what good, you know, good books, mm-hmm. um, you know, once you find one, I remember the very first time I walked into a used bookstore and um, I, I found a book by Barbara Cooney and I didn't, you know, I didn't have her book with me. So I didn't know if this was one that she recommended or not, but I knew that, it, that I had read the name in her uh-huh. book at yes. some point. 
And I was like, this has to be a good book. <laughs> I recognized, I recognized the name and, and, you know, I trusted her judgment and um, I can't remember specifically which one that it was. We can talk about specific recommendations in a minute, but you know, once you, you do find a good author or an illustrator, I, I make it my mission to kind of collect everything I can from right. those ones that yes. I know and trust and love. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yes. So well, let's yes. jump into some of the recommendations. So we, I mean, we won't be, we won't cover all of the ones she's recommended. So if you want to make sure you get all of them, you can, you can grab the book, but we'll just, we'll cover a decent amount today. But um, one of the, one of the first ones she talks about is C.W. Anderson, who's an author and illustrator, and he um, wrote and illustrated the Billy and Blaze series. And my son became a fan of these. I think the first one we got was based off, I think probably it was Sarah's recommendation. Um, it's just called Billy and Blaze. And from the first reading of that, my son was really excited about these. Um, and the, the basic storyline from the beginning is that Billy longed for a pony and he was so ecstatic when he received his very own for his birthday. Cause up to that point he'd had a little one, a small one, um, that was, uh, I can't remember the material was made of, but it wasn't real, and he would play with that one. So when he finally got his first one, he was really excited. And um, so he, Billy and his pony were inseparable. They teamed up to compete in a horse show um, in the first book. And so we just, we've immensely enjoyed these. Um, and the illustrations are wonderful, too. They're simple black and white drawings. And I think there's about 10 books in the series. We don't have all of them, but but quite a few. And we've continued to read these, uh, to reread them. So we love those. Yes, we we love Billy and Blaze too. I think we have maybe six or seven of uh-huh. them. And um, last time on the podcast, we talked about reluctant readers, and I think these are particularly good ones to start with um, for children as they're learning to read. My son has really enjoyed the stories, and the text is simple enough for him to read on his own. Um, but they are they're just still very engaging stories, and like you said, the illustrations are beautiful, and I don't know, they just seem very nostalgic to me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's the, the the subject or what, but they remind me of something my father would have probably read and loved yeah. if he was a growing boy back in the Right, yes. I, I think they were written in the late, the late 30s, so maybe he did read them. I don't know, but um, to me, they just seem just like, just classic goodness, and mm-hmm. that's why I love them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um Another favorite author that we've talked about quite a bit on the podcast is Barbara Cooney. Yeah, and Jamie mentioned her, I think, in our last podcast. Um, but she is an author and an illustrator. Um, a few of our, a couple of, of the favorites um, from our family have been Miss Rumpfius and Rock Saboxen. And she's, she's also written and illustrated many others. A few others that um, we also have enjoyed are Island Boy, Oxcart Man, and Hattie in the Wild Waves. Um, but I think Miss Rumpfius, it's probably a close tie, but between Miss Rumpfius and Roxaboxen, but Miss Rumpfius might be my one of mm-hmm. the, the, for sure at the top of my list of my very favorite picture books. And like as an adult, you, you know, I'm like, oh, I love this story and yes. the yes. writing and just, um, just the, the message. But um, this particular book is the story of a woman named Alice Rumpfius, and she longed to, from the time she was a girl, she longed to travel the world, and um, she tells over and over throughout the story that she wanted to live in a house by the sea, but her, she really wanted to do something to make the world more beautiful. So that line is kind of threaded throughout the mm-hmm. story. Um and um, the real Miss Rumpfia scattered uh, loop. I'm not sure if it's lupin or lupine seed along the coast of Maine, um, wherever her feet carried her. And so I think we've we've felt this um, 
this message in our family for a long time. And it wasn't too long ago, too, that my youngest said, we'll just, you know, occasionally ask them questions about different things. And, and my husband asked at the dinner table one time, Jane, what do you what do you feel like God is calling you to do right now? And she said, I feel like I'm supposed to make the world more beautiful. And so I was like, oh, I know where she got that. Oh. I know where she got that line from. But um, yeah, yes. So um, I love that. I just love the message of that of that yes. book so much. So I, it's one of my all time favorites as well. And we we love Barbara Cooney. And I think I said I discovered her because of of this book, um, Read for the Heart. And um, I think I I know I have mentioned my love for Oxcart. Um, yes, which I think she just mm-hmm. um, she did write that one, but still, it's the illustrations that are so um, endearing for me. Yes. Um, and then Rock's Adoption is a favorite in our house. It just always inspires my boys to get outside and play and create. And um, yeah, it's definitely that's definitely one of our probably in our top ten, maybe top five five picture books. Ever. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I agree with you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, another one, another author that we really enjoy is Libba Moore Gray, and this is this is another one that's at the very top of my list. It's called My Mama Had. She's written, I think, a few others or maybe a couple others, but we have My Mama Had a Dancing Heart, and um, this is a lyrical tale um, about a young daughter and her mother who celebrate. They're really celebrating the changing seasons in in their view of their home, and um, especially my three daughters and I. We you know read this over and over again. I think I have a little video of one of my girls after we read this so many times, she had almost the entire book memorized. And so um, I have this video. (laughs) It's really, really sweet when she's like three years old reciting this book. Um, But one of the key phrases is, my mama had a dancing heart and she shared that song with me. With a grin and a giggle and a hug and a whistle, we'd slap our knees and mama would say, bless the world. It feels like a tip-tapping, song-singing, finger-snapping kind of day. Let's celebrate. And so we did. And I I think, yeah, just this, I think it brings this perspective of having joy in and out of the seasons and, um, you know, being grateful for what we've been given. And and I I love that it takes you through the seasons too. And the illustrations are kind of almost look like a watercolor painting. And Mm -hmm. um, so just a neat way of seeing a mother daughter relationship. So this is a book that I often give to to friends or when I go to showers, if they're having, you know, maybe their first daughter or something, I'll give them this. Um, so yeah, it's really special. That's great. Yes. One of the ones that, um, our family has learned to love that we discovered through the book read for the heart is, um, Margaret Hodges, St. George and the Dragon. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that one, but my yes, absolutely uh-huh. yep. love. Well, you know, there's lots of tales of St. George and the Dragon. I think it's, uh, you know, just a myth that has, um, you know, been um, told throughout. But Margaret Hodges does such a wonderful job. Um, but it's a, it's a story um, about battling a dragon that has laid siege to a castle in a country. And um, it just has colorful medieval illustrations. They look almost like the, um, the illuminated manuscripts from the mm-hmm. medi- medieval ages. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really beautiful. And, and we just seem to keep coming back to that one again and again and again. They never get tired of it. And um, that's, that's, I think that's a good, you know, the mark of a good picture book. It's like you said, you know, she had memorized it. Um, my boys don't get tired of this one. They, yes. they just want to keep re- rereading it over and over and over again. So that's, that's one of our favorites that we learned about from this, from Read for the Heart. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. We have really enjoyed that one too. I'm glad you mentioned that one, Jamie. Um, <laughs> another favorite in our house from this, from this section, from the picture book section is our favorite author is Russell Hoban. And he and his wife, actually, Lillian, created the Francis series, um, which I bet many of you have heard mm-hmm. of. Um, so they're a husband and wife team. Um, Russell um, writes and Lillian illustrates. And um, all my kids have really loved um, hearing about Frances and her adventures. Um, Currently, my youngest is really focused in on the series. So the ones that we own, she picks them up often and wants to read A Baby Sister for Frances and Bedtime for Frances over and over again. And there's some rhyming, sometimes rhyming or sometimes not rhyming, sort of little uh, songs in there, which she laughs at me when I try to sing them or, <laughs> yeah. or read them. But, it's very um, lyrical, even yeah, when they the, don't rhyme. They, that's the, right. The, the, so I'm trying to kind lyrical. of say yeah. it. So she thinks I'm funny when I try to, to read those lyrical little rhymes. Um, but I think, yeah, all of our kids yeah. have really been drawn drawn to Francis. And I think part of it is because there's there's things in and out of the different stories that they relate to, you know, whether it's a new yeah, sibling yeah. being born and, oh, where's my place in my home now? Or struggles with friendship about sharing or being jealous about different things. Um, and so I think they can see themselves yeah, in, I, in these stories. <laughs> um, absolutely. We love Frances. And we actually, I had a situation. She's, she's very practical, too, in helping um, yeah. <laughs> them, too. We talked about, about picture books really teaching them and modeling for them the characters model for them um ways to behave and after reading bread and jam for francis Mm -hmm. one of my picky eaters became much less reluctant because of francis (laughs) so (laughs) you know and it wasn't something that i even really did intentionally you know i just read that to say okay you need to eat more eat try more things and that kind of thing um but they you know he internalized that when mm-hmm. when we read the story and um you could see the wheels turning and i could see it really kind of affecting his behavior and whenever we would um try new foods and he never mentioned francis but after reading it i noticed a change yes mm-hmm. yes <laughs> so yeah. that's, a, that's another way <laughs> i know i love when yeah. that happens so we love francis in our house yes yes <laughs> and i think it's because of what you said francis is so relatable mm-hmm. you know they see themselves in her and so it was really easy for him to relate to her experience in the family within the family and mm-hmm. and that kind of thing so yeah it wasn't hard to make that leap from francis's actions to his own right yes yes absolutely yeah <laughs> um so another one on our list is um, another author is Jacqueline Briggs Martin, and she wrote Snowflake Bentley. I'm not sure what else she has written, but we have really enjoyed this story. Um, and it's a story of the first man to photograph a snowflake. Um, so he, this this man, from the time he was a child, he delighted in nature and the beauty of nature, and eventually took over pictures of over five thousand snowflakes in his lifetime and discovered that no two were alike. So he was just very driven to, um, to take in the beauty of them and to look at the intricacies of them. And so it's written, it's, it is a story, but it includes really interesting facts about his process and photography. And so I think, um, you know, maybe children who you want to read them more stories, but they are inclined to nonfiction. This might be a good one that has, you know, is a story, but just includes enough of those, of things that are similar to nonfiction books that they might enjoy, really enjoy it. Um, and we also got a book. I can't, if I can't think of the name right now, but it, um, it was, uh, 
Snowflake Bentley's book of all the different snowflakes. It's, it's a book of all of his photographs. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to see if I can find that to to add to the yeah. show notes. But that was really interesting too, just to see the uniqueness of all the different snowflakes. Yes, my my boys love Snowflake Bentley as well. And I think if this is a good example of how books can awaken wonder in your children. Mm-hmm. Um, because after reading it, the last the, the next time it snowed after we read that book, my boys were trying to see and study the individual snowflakes. Yeah, um, and I don't think that's that's not something that would have ever occurred to them or that they would have ever ever even noticed otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just, just reading that book kind of awakened the wonder and awareness of the world around them and, and, you know, what God has created and the uniqueness of what he has created and the beauty in what he has created. And, and they were looking for it and they were aware of it because of this book. And mm-hmm. so um, I just think that's a, that's a great example of how, how picture books can awaken that, awaken that wonder in them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, another author is uh, Patricia Polacco. And um, just in learning a little bit about her, she she's written many books, and we'll get to a couple of them. But um, I find her life to be really interesting. She she describes uh, herself as being um, in a family of marvelous storytellers, and I think she has um, her one side. Let's see, some of her family's from Ukraine and Russia, and so she remembers as a child just sitting around and telling stories around the fire and. Um, and then as she got older, she went on to study art history and specializing in Russian and Greek painting and iconographic, if that's how I'm saying it right, iconographic history. So anyways, you see some of these influences of like her storytelling background and her um, and where her family came from and just her own interests. You see this spread out throughout her various books. Um but I, I just find that she has such depth of meaning in her stories and is really trying to help you to to open your eyes to maybe different, you know, issues or relationships going on amongst people. And she talks, she writes about friendship. And um, so she's also deeply involved in inner city work here in the U.S. And so you, you just see some of these themes in her stories. But one of our favorites is called The Bee Tree. And... Um, Really, the theme of this is just it's 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 a story that is encouraging a love for reading and delighting in wisdom, um, but it's not none of her this book and none of her they're not preachy they're not you know it's not overt but you walk away um, really thinking deeply even for kids some of my kids of you know oh you know kind of seeing some of the the ideas or themes that that she's like kind of even like the Francis book you know like you're not saying. Oh, right. do you see what Francis did? You should do that too. But you're just sort of right. letting, letting the story speak for itself. Um, and yes. uh, yeah, and um, one of my, I remember my older girls, they were actually with um, someone, I can't remember where they were exactly, but they had a friend of theirs read, um, thank you, Mr. Falker to them. So that was another favorite. And I know Sarah Clarkson highlighted Thunder Cake um, in her book. So yeah, we were a huge fan yeah. of her, her books. I, I didn't know any of this about her. Like, you just taught me so much. I had no idea. She sounds fascinating. And I am particularly intrigued by her connection with Russia because mm-hmm. that you, the Russian people and the Russian culture are just very near and dear to my heart for a particular reason. But I, I didn't know that. So that makes me really eager to um, explore her a little, little bit more. We have 
I think we have thunder cake and I know we have the, the bee tree. So um, we have, but we haven't pulled them off the shelf yet. So I think I might be adding those to our morning basket this week. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 I know it makes, there's so, yes, a bunch I'm, on, I'm there's sure. a bunch that Sarah recommends too that I, that I hadn't read yet either. So I'm, she's written, mm-hmm. I don't even know how many, but yeah, if you look yeah. her up, you'll find a lot of books. Um, to check out. So um, we also really have enjoyed Jane Yolen um, and she wrote um, Owl Moon. And um, it's funny because when I saw this and going through Sarah's recommendations, I thought this is a book we've checked out more from the library than many others. And I'm, I don't, we just have never bought it. I don't know why we just keep checking it out from the (laughs) library. Um, But it's the story of a little girl who's She's finally old enough to go out owling with her pa. And um, I think when my kids were younger, this I think it seemed to help them kind of imagine what it would be like to hear, like the hoo-hoo of an owl. And mm-hmm. finally, where we live now, we've had the experience as they've gotten a bit older to hear and hear owls occasionally in our right. backyard. And so that's been such a neat, you know, they sort of had this idea from the story of what it was like. And so then it's been neat for them to actually experience that. But um, the illustrations are gorgeous. Yeah. And I think it just, it, it, yeah, it's, it's sort of inviting you into the woods. Um, so especially if your kids have never had, you know, kids or students have never had that experience. Um, it, it kind of invites you into that, into the woods and what it might be like. Yes, we, we have this one too. And I just, I love the quiet beauty of this book. And maybe it's because it, it starts at nighttime, you know, mm-hmm. like it's early or, you know, it's like dark when they're yes. going out uh-huh. and, you know, yep. it's, it's winter and there's snow on the ground. And so you, it's almost like you can hear the stillness, you know, in the book, you can feel that stillness and that quiet. And, um, and I love it. We, I actually keep this in our winter basket. Like I, I I have some of my books separated by seasons so that, you know, as they come out there, it's appropriate for the season that we're in. And this, is, this one I keep in the winter basket and I, I'm always so happy <laughs> when, when it rolls back around because I, I love this one so much. It's just, it's just beautiful. Yes. So, oh, that's I agree with all of your recommendations, all of Sarah's recommendations. Yes. Right? Yes. It hasn't steered me wrong yet. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes. 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 Well, and as I, as I mentioned so. at the beginning, um, you can get it on Amazon. I think there was a time when, um, maybe it, it wasn't there. Someone had mentioned, but it is there now, if you're wondering, you can go, go buy it on Amazon. Um, and before we go, we just wanted to mention the, um, life with Sally, um, And that's, um, our membership connected to whole heart ministries. And on this site, um, you can find things about, um, motherhood and ministry and friendship and the reading life. And there's art studies and music studies, all kinds of things. So if you're looking for more than, um, the story for a podcast or a Sally's, um, podcast, then you might want to check this out. So yeah, go to lifewithsally.com. And Jamie and I have the privilege of contributing to this um, under the story banner. And we're doing an author study for all of 2018. So we've we've been studying people like C.S. Lewis and George MacDonald and Beatrix Potter. And um, in, let's see, I think so. Yeah, Beatrix Potter's in March and then Louisa May Alcott in April. So that's something that you, you might be interested in. So go and check that out. And, um, that's it for today, but we will look forward to talking with you soon. Bye. 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 
Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out our website at storyform.com for show notes and like us on our Storyform Facebook page and follow us at Storyformed Home on Instagram. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a comment so that others can find out about us too. May you and your family be Storyformed. Storyformed.